day 83. Uh, welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast about the Bible. We want you to know that the Bible is more like a window than a mirror. We come to the Bible to look through it and see God, not primarily to look at it and see uh, 2 Kings 9 through 12. Ooh. All right, 9 and 10 feels like a, yeah, uh, like the introduction of a spy thriller. Man. Just Jehu is anointed king, and he's just, yeah. Yeah. Cleaning house, yeah. Cleaning house, like. He's he's slaughtering, and it's it's hard to hear on our Western ears, twenty uh, first century ears. But again, like even as we've read through the Old Testament, this is a militaristic culture, right? Right, and for God to exercise His judgment, He did it legit through like folks dying, like literally in mo- in the, like in the moment. And so uh, Jehu here is anointed Elijah. Elisha is like, yo, go anoint him king. He's the next king. Again, the prophets anoint. The kings, right? We even see that with John the Baptist anointing Jesus. But prophets anoints kings. So he becomes king. And his task is to avenge the blood that Ahab and Jezebel, right, uh, spilled, right, of God's people. Remember, Jezebel was taking prophets 50 at a time, right? Right? And and killing them. And so Deuteronomy 32 even says that, yo, like, my people's blood will be avenged, right? Right. And so we have here, and, and Elijah prophesy as well that yo ahab it's a wrap for you and your family five times in chapters nine and ten as it describes the destruction that goes on Mm -hmm. it's always going to talk about the destruction and it's going to say according to the word of the lord that elijah had prophesied yep so when jehu pulls up on joram and ahaziah they like, yo, 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 what's up? You come in peace? <laughs> right. What's going on, bro? Right. You, you you looking a little mad. <laughs> what's going on? You come in peace? Right. And he's like, I love this answer. What peace can there be as long as there's so much prostitution mm. and sorcery from your mother Jezebel? Yeah. And, and so you have this idea. What he's getting at is like, not just, yeah, yes, there's cult prostitution in this time. Yeah. But like you guys have prostituted yourselves with other gods. Right. In the Old Testament, especially in the Bible. Yeah. But in the Old Testament, especially, you see this concept that all adultery is, is sin. Yeah. But all sin is adultery. Mm. Right. Because we are in covenant with right. the God of Israel. Yeah. And to pro- like to go and worship other gods is like cheating, like a like a man cheating on his wife. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and so what he's gonna bring out here too, and I love that you brought up. Now he's addressing mm-hmm. the, her children, yeah, Jezebel's children. She was the wind in the sail mm-hmm. of Ahab's sure. evil, but then that that same influence spills over into her kids, and that's one thing I I, I think, man, we just have to remember how far and wide the mm-hmm. effects of our sin goes. What we do in moderation, the people that come behind us do in excess. And so, yeah, he's going to go through and chapter 9 and 10 is all about, yo, God's words of blessing Mm -hmm. are sure and certain. Yes. God's words of judgment are just as sure sure. and certain. So the Lord is cleaning house. Yeah. And, yep. I I love, well, it's so funny that, um, you know, Ahab, not Ahab, uh, Jehu kills all 70 sons Uh. of Ahab's house yeah right it's this concept of house meaning his lineage his children right like you just said um 
And then Jehu uses deception, right? Right. Uh, in 10, he's like, yo, hey, also, man, like, bring all the prophets of Baal and the priests. Because I'm really down with them. I'm really I'm down really with trying Baal. to worship. Yeah, I'm trying to worship Baal, man. And if they don't come, they won't live, by the right. way. And the irony is, if you come, yeah. you won't live, right? Right. right? Yeah. So it's just like, he's saying, yo, if you don't come, you won't live. But if you do come, you won't live. And he even slaughters all the prophets yeah. and priests of Baal, yeah. right? And so it's like a bunch of people, again, like you said, from though listen, this is why import like this is why godly leadership is so important. Right. Because you have Jehu and uh uh Jezebel yeah. who essentially affluence all of Israel right. to turn to Baal, and right. it's not just in their household, right? right. Their influence didn't stop at the crib. Right, right. right? right. The whole right. kingdom yeah. is now worshiping Baal, and now they're under judgment. Right. Right? Yeah. Partially because, yeah, they're yeah. influencing their lives. Right. Yep. So all right, remember Kings is um, because of Solomon's evil, yeah. the kingdom split. Absolutely. So what you have, it's, 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 it's this back and forth, right? It's like scenes being cut in a film mm -hmm. between what goes on in Israel, the northern tribe, and Judah. Southern, yep. Yeah. And what you'll find is that throughout this book, um, it's going to give you 20 kings each. Mm -hmm. And in Israel, <laughs> none of the kings are righteous. None of them, yeah. Every king did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Mm. In Judah, eight of the 20, they said, oh, they did what's right in the sight of the Lord. And so here we're going to find one of them, Joash. And one of the things is um, yeah. what I love about this story is while the Lord is cleaning house in the palace, his mom basically tries to take the throne. So she kills all her sons, mm -hmm. but they take him, this young boy. Mm -hmm. And they hide this young boy and they raise him in the temple Joash, in God's yeah. house. Mm -hmm. And what we have is now this boy that's come from a lineage of wicked kings that are raised in a palace. Yeah. He's raised in the temple. Yeah. And would you imagine this? Mm. Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Mm. And mm -hmm. he is crowned and anointed king in the temple. So the people now look to God's house. Not the political house of power for direction. Yeah. And yeah, he does what's right. Yeah. But it's still going to go on and say, ah, but he didn't remove the high places and part of doing what's right mm. is correcting past wrongs. Ooh, that'll preach. Which none of the kings but one do. Mm. And uh, uh, back when I was in college, mm -hmm. right, and I'm going to date myself a little bit, uh, mm -hmm. people didn't really have the internet on their phones like that. Mm -hmm. So we had like the computer lab where there were computers yeah. set up in the sub and they had this little, um, uh, you would have to log in with your password and there was all types of stuff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they would, this one thing would flash up on the screen. Where it was like, you know, don't leave your stuff locked in because, and the words would say this, uh, opportunity motivates thieves. Mm. And just like, uh, ah, there's something in the heart of folks where they don't think of themselves as thieves, but when an opportunity presents themselves, mm. uh, it, it uh, awakens or births or it births something that's already inside of folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you'll see is that the kings don't 
remove the opportunity for people to worship. And do you know what they do? This opportunity mode under fates, thieves. And because they don't take it on themselves to undo past wrongs, the people are still led into idolatry. Yeah, I love what you said too about Jehu. It's funny that um, usually in Kings, after like after the narrative presents their life and everything they did, yeah. it'll sum it up. Right, right. So every king that is presented here, life gets summed up right. as we can see, like the pattern. Yeah. And um, one of the reasons that is because uh, God made this covenant with David, right? Right. And David is this paradigm king for the Old Testament, and they are essentially compared to the faithfulness of David. So the kings would be like, "Yo, he didn't do what his father David did." Right. Right. And walk in faithfulness to the Lord. Um, however. Jehu's evaluation comes before it tells what he did, right? Right, and so here he literally is trying to bring religious reform throughout Judah, yeah. Right, so he's like, "Yo, they're in Jerusalem. Remember, they're in uh, Judah, the southern part, with Jerusalem, with the temple. The temple was like a hundred and something years old at this right. time." Athalia, who her and and, and Jezebel and uh, Ahab, like everybody was taking stuff out of the temple, <laughs> right, to go worship Baal, right, like. Like, I don't think we have the concept of how uh, much that is a spit in the face to Yahweh. John Piper would, uh, he said it like this in the past. They're basically funding their idolatry. Mm. That it would be like. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Asking your spouse for $50 to go, take to go buy oh, a prostitute. That's, that's so what they're good. doing. That's and so, so it's like a. So God is rightly angered and offended yes yes and he's trying to bring this religious reform um but as you said bro he wasn't a perfect king Mm. right he didn't he didn't remove the high places and the idolatry and what the text is over and over trying to lead us to is that we need a messiah Mm. we need an anointed one we need a perfect king from the line of david bro who will literally root out all idolatry one day yeah from his people and who will rebuild the temple yeah right where we will worship the lord right and we will live faithfully before the lord because we will be made new